You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thanks for tuning in to the Sons of UCF live replay. Reminder, if you want to catch the live show on video, always available on our YouTube page, just search Sons of UCF. And the Sons of UCF is proud to be sponsored by our friends at Gordon and Partners. Since 1993, Gordon and Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust. So contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions. You can visit their website at www.fortheinjured.com or send Michael a text at 407-913-5350. Don't trust just anybody. Trust the best. And trust a fellow knight. Gordon and Partners. For the Injured. We're not getting ready for Built by UCF Knights this June 17th. We're watching Sons of UCF Live. Oh, nice. Time's on, baby. Adam, you never know who's going to spin around in uh, Monster the Barber's uh, chair. We're trying to up the star power around here. Mike can't join us off the top of the show. So we needed somebody who was close in that stratosphere to replace him. I'm not sure if KZ fills the bill or not, but... I would say that Casey certainly fills the bill. Uh, Mike's UCF running Mike? a little bit late. Eh. Eh. No, Casey over UCF okay. Mike. Okay. We expect Mike to be joining us in progress. He's with his daughter's <laughs> softball team. What are they? The Llama, the Llama Corns. Llama Corns. Right? The Llama Corns, yes. Yeah. So we'll it's a softball kind of night, Trace. That's what the show is about. Softball okay. kind of night. A lot of energy. We're building to this NCAA regional. I want to, let's, a little editorial meeting here. I wanted to talk about this cryptocurrency thing. But I want Mike to be here because I would like Mike to explain it to all of us. So we'll bump that down okay. uh, in the show and we'll talk about it. We'll work it in at some point. By the way, an update, hopefully pot, at pot 9 o'clock. Hmm? Yeah, Is I, it Potacall? Okay. All right. Because I need Mike well, to pronounce it for me because I have no idea how to do that. We'll, we'll talk about it. But right. if we go past 9, good news, my alarm is working again. Fingers crossed. So we don't have quite that beep situation uh, getting ready for us at 9 o'clock. Um, trying to keep up with linebacker comings and goings. It was already a sore thumb for UCF, right? It's already a position group. We get the boom, the addition of the Maryland, uh, I don't know, Kansas State for a cup of coffee, transfer Brandon Jennings. We're still not sure whether this guy's going to be cleared to play, right? 
Yeah, I mean, big kid, 6'3", 235, four-star, uh, coming out of high school, played a year at Maryland, 23 tackles at Maryland, left Maryland at the same time Terrence Lewis leaves Maryland. There were thoughts of a package deal, and all of a sudden he ends up at Manhattan, Kansas, which I think we all kind of scratched our head and said, what are you going to mm. do? Uh, you know, I think he attends about 2.6 classes and decides he's back in the portal and now coming back to UCF, a Florida kid from Jacksonville, so that makes some sense. Eligibility-wise, Trace, I don't know. I mean, you would th- seem to think he would need a waiver, and a lot of people are thinking he's going to get that Joey Gatewood-style waiver. I don't know. Interesting thing, though, Kansas State, a future conference foe, this kid has three years of eligibility left, so conceivably Kansas State will have to deal with him at some point. So will they play nice? Will the waiver be approved? Is there something we don't know about You know that's happened personally for, for Brandon? Don't know. But uh, listen, we need all the help we can get at linebacker Chris Mall uh, flipping at the last minute, deciding to enroll in Washington instead. So Is he a uh, once in a Always a night or not ever really quite. I don't enough. think so because he didn't step on campus as far as I know. So I feel like that's the one you got to put a toe. We have an interesting question later in the mailbag. We'll address the once a night, always a night. I, I think you got to get a pinky on campus. No pinky, no night. And then uh, we hard, hardly knew you. Kadeem Leonard, a former night linebacker uh, transferring to Campbell. We wish him well, but still a lot of flux in this position linebacker I don't feel any better coming out of spring camp on this and I don't know what sort of certainties we're going to have going into preseason camp but mm, yeah and we'll get to defense uh, we'll talk about that position group in a couple of weeks a couple of charge on tour dates coming up uh, I'm hoping to make the one in the space coast out at Cape Canaveral Gators dockside and uh, we should be back on Thursday we thank you for joining us on Wednesday baseball uh, conflict on Thursday I just want to be at the game to be honest with you I can't do both at the same time so forgive me we're on Wednesday this week, but you'll catch it uh, either live or on demand, of course. And and then uh, maybe the lead into us uh, is that charge on tour stop in Oviedo. See if we can get some folks. Uh, and certainly if you're interested, DM us. Let us know if you want to hop on right off the top of the show and give us your thoughts on Timo and Coach Malzahn and whoever else may wander by uh, Oviedo on the park. That's where they were last year. We took uh, we took John uh, Morning and his son Miles uh, last year from that event, didn't we? If, if memory serves we me. We did. We do. I think yeah. Johnny Dawkins scheduled to, to appear as well. So certainly an opportunity to rub elbows with some of the bigger names in the UCF athletic circle. And yeah, always a good time, Trace. I haven't had a chance to get to one of these yet. I know you've been to a couple. I know Mike's been to a couple. But you get a good opportunity to talk to coaches, hear a little bit more about what's happening behind the scenes. So certainly a good a good event in, in the backyard of a lot of uh, the hardcore night fan right now. So hopefully these are well-attended tours because I know a lot of folks really enjoy um, getting this opportunity. I had a friend who went to the one in Tampa and had a good time. Uh, and, uh, you know, the photo with Coach Malzahn, of course, is a good keepsake. And uh, uh, it certainly seems like an event that he's built for. He likes that sort of thing. And uh, uh, hopefully get a chance to see him next week, as many of you will as well. Question I ask this week as we continue to talk about uh, position groups coming out of spring is uh, grade the tight end group uh, as we come out of spring. A or B, most folks. Uh, you know, this is a position group I feel that UCF – you know, we're, we look good at. I just don't know how much they're going to be used by Coach Malzahn and his staff. Yeah, I got to think he wants to get the tight end more involved. I mean, I think that certainly opens up more avenues. At, at Auburn, he had kind of that H-back, you know, uh, that style of player. Uh, Katz and Moyer, I think, was one of the guy's names, or Lutz and Kirker, one of those names, like multiple <laughs> syllables, uh, <laughs> somewhere along those Lutz lines, and right? Kirk Moyer. Yeah, something. something like yeah. that, right, yeah. was there. And I, so I think Gus wants to get that, you know, that position involved. We saw Alec Holler merge last year as kind of a, a pass-catching threat. Jake Hescock had a couple opportunities 
Um, you know, we, we threw some uh, some fades to Charlie Browder, barely knew you uh, in the end zone. Those didn't work out. So Alec Holler was the production from an offensive standpoint uh, on, on on tight end. But Kamor Gamble comes in from Florida. You know, he's a guy, obviously, that that, that can catch the football. Uh, so we hope that that works out for us from from that perspective. I think it'll be an interesting battle between him and, uh, and Alec Holler coming back into the camp because I think both of them have offensive skills. But I really hope that Gus has a chance to get the, the tight end more involved. Certainly would help out the, the passing game, especially if you got a young QB like Mikey Keene. Congratulations to Alec Collar. You saw the photos on social media getting engaged uh, in the last couple he of scores days. again in the bounce house. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a popular line. Uh, and I'm glad yeah. you were able to use it here on the sons of UCF live. Um, I, I wrote it down. <laughs> did you write that down? You're over under, you like to do that in your preseason predictions, yeah. 25. I, are you going to set it at 25 again? It's, I don't know. It's we'll hard say to say 25. 25 and a half was the over under on tight end receptions total last year. I think Holler had 19. So the under hits on that. I feel like 25 and a half is still a good number. I know a, a friendly gentleman's wager between JP Gilbert and Kostek advisor broke out on Twitter. I think JP uh, has the under. I think Kostek has the over, if I have that right. So I'll, I'll go over on that, too. I think we get to that 26, 27 mark. I think 25 and a half stays where we are. I'm, I'm going to go over on this. Mm. I just don't know if how they're going to utilize the position. I just I don't think we saw enough uh, in the first year. That's Moyer, Watson, Kirker. One of those is going to yeah. is going to re is going to spawn out for uh, for for UCF. I, look, I think we 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 repeat Gus to be an offensive minded uh, uh, coach. Obviously, Chip Lindsey comes in with an offensive perspective as well. I got to think they're going to find opportunities to to get some of those pass plays available, particularly if the wide receiver depth is continuing to evolve. Right. Obviously, I know we lose Jalen Robinson. Um, and, and what better safety valve do you have than a tight end, particularly one like Moore Gamble, who's got some experience? Uh, and I, you got to think he came here for a reason. I can't imagine he came here so he could set the edge for Mark Anthony Richard. So I got to imagine there's a reason Moore Gamble bought into this offensive system. Not a lot of football talk in the, the dead of May, but we've given oh, you yeah. some right off the top of the show. Of course, the buzz on campus and in Night Nation is around softball. Big party on Sunday night for the selection show when UCF for the first time ever heard their name called as a host site, a 16 seed. Uh, and of course, they're, uh, you know, AAC champs. We've been talking about them all season long. 46 and 12, 16 and 2 in the AAC. Run rule, uh, our rivals Still rivals? I'm not sure. Rivals uh, yeah. in, in, from Tampa uh, in the AAC championship game. And now they face uh, Big East champ Villanova uh, Friday, 6 o'clock. We'll see what the weather does in this one. Uh, already baseball's uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, rescheduled to a doubleheader Thursday. So it'll be interesting to see how the schedule plays out. Uh, temporary bleachers added. I posted those on my Twitter at Seinfeld. We had a chance to co uh, talk with Coach Cindy Ball Malone. We'll hear from her in a little bit. And I'll have more sound bites from her on my Twitter uh, as I got back from uh, UCF, and then it's time for the show. So not a lot of time to uh, uh, to get those uh, flip back out. One of the things that was exciting about that AC championship game, of course, is Jada Cody. We had her as a previous guest on the Sons of UCF Live, uh, socking a home run and setting the RBI record. I mean, it was a great moment, right, uh, and, and surpassing Stephanie Best. You loved that moment when you saw it unfold on TV. 
Yeah, that whole day was just really exciting, right? And A, you win the championship, which is fantastic. B, you, you put it to your rivals again. You run rule them, which, you know, in, in, in this context is really the biggest embarrassment you can give to a team, right, is the run rule concept. And, and the team just played so well. And, and you know, we, we had a chance to have Jade on the show. I reposted that conversation. It's on our YouTube channel. Just such a such a lovely uh, uh, a person. You know, she had such a good personality about her. You tell how hard she worked. You tell how much is meant to her. And uh, I think Mike said on the podcast this week, he thought maybe it would come a little sooner. But I feel like this is this is like the kismet perfect. I mean, right. This game, that moment where we were puts the game out of reach in a lot of respects. Uh, and I think it was just the, the right time, the right moment. Couldn't happen to a nicer person than Jada Cody. If, if you saw those interviews and Trace, you did a great job of, of being at Island Wing for that watch party. The the genuine, genuine excitement that team had, right? Sometimes you watch those and they're like, yeah, we're going to whatever. I mean, they were out of their chair. They were jumping up and down. They were hugging people. You could tell the, gen, the genuine excitement that was there. Nothing better to see that than that actual jubilation of that moment for UCF. And Jada Cody, a big part of all that. Super proud to, to have her representing our university because she seems like uh, somebody who does it the right way. At Island Wing Company on Sunday night after the selection show, she was asked, what about a keepsake like that ball that you'd want to have? Of course, we saw in the broadcast, it flew as a home run into the woods. So she was asked, what became of the ball? So far that it was in the woods, so a dog had to go and retrieve the ball. So it definitely was a great feeling. A dog had to go and retrieve the ball. Makes you curious, right? I reached out to our friend Eric Lopez, who'll be coming up and joining us on the show. And I said, you know anything more about that? And he said, I think Kama Woodall, pitcher Kama Woodall's family was involved in that some way. So I was able to reach out to them. Joining us now uh, to talk about uh, the retrieval of that ball is uh, Rich Woodall, Kama Woodall, pitcher Kama Woodall's uh, dad. Thanks so much for joining us on the Sons of UCF Live. Hey, glad to be here. All right. So you heard Jada there. She said it's out in the woods. Uh, a dog retrieved it. And we don't know a whole lot more. Help us fill in some blanks. What do you know? All right. So when Kayla was at East Carolina, as you guys know, um, I would drive from Tampa up there on the weekends, watch her play. And I had a puppy and I had a dog myself. So instantly I would go to left field and I'd watch from up there. So I'm just used to going up there. And then the shoppers and the other folks decided they'd set up the left field lounge out there. So we were all out there enjoying some uh, friendly libations and uh, watching the game at 8.30 in the morning, 9 o'clock. And uh, some of Kama's friends came out to watch. And Sydney Yoder, it's her dog. Um, his name's Bubba. And uh, we're sitting there, and, and Shannon hit her home run and hit on top of the, uh, the control van for ESPN. I went over there, and I asked the guy to get that. It's up on top of the van, but he brought it over to me. And a few minutes later, Jada comes up and hits one that goes over us. I mean, we see it. And... And it goes into the woods, and immediately I'm going after that ball because I know the significance of it. And I get to it, and it's in the thicket. I mean, there's <laughs> there's no way I'm getting in there without, you know, stumbling over a few things. But there goes Bubba right past me, grabs the ball and brings it over to me, and I'm running down to get into the trainer over there for, um, for the team. And uh, it was really exciting. I, I love seeing kids uh, get souvenirs and, you know, get the recognition and importance of those moments. It's, it's awesome. But there was no way I was getting that ball. It landed – Probably 260, 265 in the woods, in the pond tree, yeah. Adam, fun. there's so many questions here, right? I mean, let's turn to you. How does, how does the dog retrieve that softball? I mean, it's a softball here, not a baseball, right, Adam? Yeah, probably the question most people are asking, Rich. Uh, was there any sanitation after the ball was retrieved? Was it cleaned off? What was the condition <laughs> well, as it uh, went from you to trainer? 
I'd had a few pops, so I wiped it on my shirt and took it over to the trainer. Shirts work. Shirt, that's actually that's the best cleaning mechanism is your shirt. That always that's a that's a uh, that, that's a standard rule. Obviously, you've seen this team a lot this year, right? You you've seen them play. You follow them very closely. Do you said it earlier? You saw that ball leave Jada's bat. Hey, did you know it was gone the minute she hit it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Her and her and Shannon both. I mean, and it was just awesome. Yeah, it was it was gone. <laughs> I hadn't seen one be- hit that far out of that park lately. And then you, you recognize the significance, you know, put into perspective the year you saw Jada have. How, how cool is it to be there for that moment, knowing how hard she's worked throughout the year? Jada is so unassuming. You wouldn't know she's there. I mean, she just goes out and performs. You know, she, she's a stand-up kid. She's a soft-spoken kid. <laughs> so she, just, she just carries herself like a professional beyond her years. I mean, she, she doesn't have any air about her. You know, she just, she's a great teammate. The kids love her. Uh, I know Kama loves her. Kama's only been there a year, but I mean, she's instantly falling in love with her. And she deserves every accolade she gets. Jada is just, uh, she's truly unique. Night Nation has fallen in love with your daughter as well. 9-19, a 336 ERA at ECU. Coach Cindy Ball Malone saw greatness in her. She comes to UCF. She's put forth a tremendous season. 17-4, and 201 ERA, one-two punch with Gianna Mancha. How do you explain her success this season? So I, I, without being too demeaning to the previous team, um, there, there was not a lot of defense behind her at ECU, unfortunately. And there's a lot of balls. Uh, we played EC, uh, sorry, UCF a lot, uh, four games. And even in the championship game, uh, there, it was a matter of one run here and there, getting through the wickets of the second baseman. And, you know, but came as a consummate team player. She would never point fingers or anything. So um, when Coach Ball saw her play, um, she reached out after Kame went into the portal. Kame wasn't really sure she was going to want to play again. The coach ball reached out, and they had a conversation about when Kama uh, kind of made a comment to her because uh, Coach Ball was picking her pitches up at ECU, and um, Kama looked at her and said something to the effect, "I'm going to keep throwing it because y'all aren't hitting it." And um, and Coach Ball loved that. And and I have to say, Coach Ball has brought out the best in Kama. Um, she brings out the best in every one of those kids. I mean, as, a, as individuals, they're good, but the, what she puts on it um, with her own style has made them a great force. And, and they've said it all year. They're a great, they're a great team, and they're a special team. But Kama's in love here. Um, she's had a great year. It's a culmination of a four-year career. I'm, I've, I quote it as, um, what a long, strange trip it's been, the Grateful Dead. Um, but she's, she's really gelled here. Um, she's an unselfish player. She's competitive, as you guys may have noticed. And uh, she just does whatever they want her to do. And she's been so happy. She's been on top of the world this whole year. She, um, you know, a, a lot of late night conversations, you know, in the last four years and even this year when she's had a bad game or a bad outing, she comes to me and and I just tell her, you know, you know, you reflect, you don't rewind, you just keep moving forward. And uh, it's really paid dividends this year because she stepped up her game. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of her, but the coach ball has a lot to do with that and the rest of the team as well. She's had a tremendous season. Uh, you have every reason to be proud of her, and she's been a great addition uh, to the UCF Knights. We wish her much success this weekend. We hope you enjoy the game. It's going to be a sold-out plex. Uh, going to be rocking for this NCAA regional. Rich Woodall, uh, dad of Kama Woodall, pitcher for the UCF Knights softball team. Thanks so much for joining us on the Sons of UCF Live. Hey, hey thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. All right, we've gotten to the bottom of this, Adam. We know a little bit more now, thanks to uh, Bubba the Black Lab. 
how cool is that though? Just seeing a, a father, how proud he is of, of his daughter and how, and how, you know, this team has come together. That's gotta be a, such a cool moment to, to have that experience and that it's still going on for, for the team is, is fantastic. That, that's awesome to see. Well, as I mentioned, just back from uh, the Plex where we had opportunity to uh, do a little Q&A with head coach Cindy Ball Malone. And I remembered something that Gianna Mancha, the pitcher, said on Sunday night at Island Wing Company after the selection show that she's just glad to be home and not traveling and not be in hotels. So I asked coach, uh, what do you think about that home field advantage? It, it has been nice to sleep in our own beds. Um, but, you know, as a coach, I, I told them, because yeah, there's a quick turnaround on these some of these days and these games. And I said, the perfect world is we're in a hotel. We get to meet and stay together and, um, you know, get, get to bed at a certain time and make sure we're doing all of that. But I want them to enjoy this. And so we just talk about what really good decisions are in this moment, in these moments. We have a lot of family coming out. And so, you know, they're on board, too, to make sure that we stay in our routine. But, um, you know, outside of that, sleeping in your own bed is always good. We couldn't have a NCAA regional hosted by UCF and not bring in the voice of UCF softball, a return guest on the Sons of UCF Live. He is Eric Lopez, who was out at the Plex as well earlier today. Elo, are you still on cloud nine after this selection show on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of starting to come down a little bit because the heat at the uh, media availability was pretty sticky. And in fact, I just got done talking to Michigan head coach Carol Hutchins before hopping on with you guys. And she talked about because they just got in today and got in a practice at uh, Stephanie Best's Pro Swings, and she talked about how humid and hot it is. She says it's the hottest she can remember at this time of year. And that, you know, I didn't think about that until Coach Hutchins mentioned that, but you think about the three teams here, Michigan, South Dakota State, and Villanova. They're not used to this heat and humid. This could work to UCF's big advantage here if it stays hot and not wet. So let's fingers crossed. Let's go back. What would you think of uh, Mr. Woodall's uh, tale of the uh, the retrieval of that softball? That all came together nicely, didn't it, for a little few moments here on the Sons of UCF Live. I'm just glad you got to the bottom of this. There's been so many variations of this story since it all came out. I mean, what are the odds that, you know, Jada Cody breaks the record? It goes into the woods. And I'm, I remember watching it live. I'm thinking, oh, that's a shame she's not going to get that ball. But, uh, you know, it's, it's good to know people. And uh, it's pretty. it was destined to be to uh, get that ball to Jada Cody. So that's a pretty, that's an awesome story. Uh, I'm glad you guys got to share that. Rich is great. Janet, the, the mom is fantastic. And, you know, Kamal Woodall has been tremendous. I've said this before. She's the Mike Hughes of UCF softball. There's not use, no UCF athlete that had a bigger impact in one year than Mike Hughes and Kamal Woodall. Without Woodall, this team is not winning the conference championships and they're not hosting because of the, uh, really the, the impact that she's had kind of like Hughes did in 2017. Uh, you mentioned hosting, Elo. Can you put in context for us, how big a deal is this? UCF hosting the regional. It's something we've all talked about, but you've been around the sport for a long time. You've been around UCF for a long time. Put this in context for me. How big a deal is this really? It's significant. I think this is the most significant NCAA championship that UCF's ever hosted. With all due respect to men's soccer and women's soccer and volleyball, those sports have a niche audience that's usually not even on ESPN in the early rounds. This regional is going to be on the ESPN family of networks all weekend. Uh, it's got the national broadcast because they call it mayhem. It's kind of like March Madness for men's basketball. It's mayhem for softball. I think it's the most popular women's tournament in any sport. And for UCF to host is just significant. I've not, I've gotten so many compliments. Uh, everybody's saying that, you know, UCF earned that. They deserve that. They were the people's, they were the people's pick on Selection Sunday. Everybody was rooting for UCF to host. 
And it, when it came through, I haven't heard a bad word about it. Nobody's questioned it. Everybody's excited. You saw the the genuine reaction on Selection Sunday. I think this, this team program has gotten so many fans. And I think the hosting this regional is going to have a lasting impact on this program on and off the field. Obviously, on the field, the growth as they go into the Big 12. But I think also big off the field. And I think Trace, you know, and I talked about this. There's, there's going to be a lot of talk now about renovations moving forward at, after this region, I have a feeling. Did you like those bleachers? It looked nice filling out that space. It did. It's kind of wild how that's going to be right up there behind the third base dugout. And uh, it's going to be unique. It's just going to add to the environment. There's going to be a standing room only in left field. A lot of the alumni are going to be hanging out in left field. And uh, they're adding, I think, some seats in right field. So I, I can't wait to see what it will be like this weekend. I don't know if I'm necessarily prepared to see it. I think I have an idea, but I don't think we really do until we see it. This thing sold out Tuesday morning. It was fast. Like, people are still asking me for tickets. And I'm sorry. I, I don't. I can't help you. You can only name drop you and maybe get free eats uh, in the left field yeah. lounge, that, but not free tickets. Mike, welcome in. How did the Llama Corns do? Uh, was it practice oh. or a game tonight? No, it was a game. It was the uh, season finale, and um, it's over. Uh, let's just say that. <laughs> I, wow. <laughs> uh, are we waiting for selection Sunday, or we're, we're okay? No. <laughs> no we're in the first four out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously we talk about hosting. Uh, what are the pros and cons of that, though? We, we heard the soundbite that Trace got about, you know, sleeping in your own bed, but also being at home, being with a lot of family. Give me the pros and cons of hosting this tournament. Is, is that added pressure for, for the Knights this, this weekend? I don't think it's added pressure. I think it's the pros are very simple. You know, you get the fan support. You get to be the one seed. The negative is, as the 16th seed, you get a brutal draw. You got Michigan, who I think is the best two seed in this tournament. And I think you get the best four seed in Villanova. They can score runs in bunches. And then I know South Dakota State pretty well. They, they got two great pitchers. This is a pitching region. If you like pitching, you're going to love this regional. This is a top three ERA regional. I, I, there's stacked pitching here. So the con is you get a stacked regional. But the pros outweigh the cons. I mean, to host to have that home, uh, you know, field advantage, to be able to kind of, you know, not adjust to the weather like the other teams have to in the environment. I think that's big. And, you know, we don't know. We're Obviously, we were kind of the, the elephant in the room is the weather. We don't know what the weather is going to show in the weekend. Uh, I, I have to let people know this regional has to end by Monday. If it, it whatever happens, it will be done by Monday, which will add pressure to make sure you stay on the winning side because if this tournament doesn't finish, the highest seed gets to advance that's in the winner's bracket. So uh, that's that's going to be also an advantage potentially for UCF that they have that advantage if they could stay in the winner's bracket. Speaking of pitching, we know Gianna Mancha, the season that she's had, what's the strategy? Is she pitching game one? You're holding her back for Michigan? Or what are we uh, going to do? That's a good question. Uh, Coach Bowman likes to keep it uh, close to the vest. I think it's funny you guys said I just had Rich. It wouldn't surprise me if you see Kamal start Friday and then Gianna – against Michigan, but they're interchangeable, and it wouldn't surprise me if they both pitched in the game. And softball, it's not like baseball where you save your guy for Saturday and that's it. He's not available. You could split these two throughout the weekend. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they go that route. Uh, we'll see. I'm very curious myself. Uh, I could see them going with Woodall, but, again, that's I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Balmalone goes either way. She's been The trend has been to go with Mancha, then Woodall, but uh, it's something to keep in mind. When UCF played Michigan in Clearwater – Michigan did not face either pitcher. They faced Caitlin Felton, the freshman, at that time. So, uh, whereas UCF got to see Alex Duraco, the All-American for Michigan. So, 
Uh, I'm going to be curious like you are, Mike, about as far as who's they're going to throw on Friday night and set the tone here in the uh, first ever, uh, you know, regional for the Knights. If weather is an issue, what's the latest that they can start a game or resume a game? 11.59 Eastern is what you can start. PM? PM. PM. I know. Tracy and I have argued about this. You're not mm. a, fan, a fan of it, but 11.59 is the latest you could start uh, a game. After that, you're done. And, and the tricky part with this, you want to make sure that both games get in. The last thing you want to do is, you know, play, start one game, and then the second game doesn't get played because now the winner of that first game has a huge advantage. So it's a very delicate situation. I'll be very curious. All the teams and the NCAA reps will meet on Thursday, and I think they'll discuss some options. Uh, I don't know what – I'm not a mere biologist. Uh, I know I did play one last week and you know during the American Conference Tournament. But if the weather looks bad, they're going to have to make a decision. Like, is there a window they could play on Friday? Do they move the game earlier? Do they move the game later? Do they just postpone it a day? I think there's going to be a lot of conversations on that on Thursday, and I think we'll start hearing what the game plan is uh, one way or the other. I would not be surprised if you hear some news about that. We already heard with baseball, and I know you're going to talk to Stephen Brake about this. They're going to play a doubleheader on Thursday. So it's not looking great for Friday. Wouldn't shock me if they moved up the games or maybe push it to Saturday. But, again, with weather, you just never know. So we'll, we'll, I'll, let the, I'll let those people decide. Part of having Rich on, uh, Elo, we talked about Jay to Cody, obviously a record-setting season for her. Can you put that in context for me? How You saw her play a bunch this year. What kind of player is she? Can you put in context for us this season that she has put together? It's one of the greatest seasons in UCF softball history. It's probably the greatest offensive season that a player in the program not named Stephanie Best has ever had. Uh, think about the record she just broke. Stephanie Best has held that record since 2003, and nobody has come close to that. Not only did Jada Cody come uh, come close to that, she broke the record 10 games faster than Stephanie Best. Uh, very fitting that she would break it in Greenville, which is about 400 miles away from Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is where Steph was from. Uh, Steph and Jada know each other well. Jada has worked out at Pro Swings for Steph, and Steph has followed this very closely. Jada Cody should be, in the next couple of weeks, the second All-American in UCF softball history, joining Shelby Turnier. Uh, who was the All-American at a top 10 finalist for Player of the Year in 2050. She was a pitcher. I think Jada Cody is making a legacy for herself, not only in the offensive game, but think about what, how she's doing it. She's doing it as a catcher for Gianna Mancha. She's playing third base and can play left field. Uh, at the track she's going, she's got a chance to challenge some of Stephanie's career marks, which I never thought was possible. Nobody has even come close in the radar. Like, there was never a debate. Who's the greatest hitter in UCF softball history? It's Stephanie Best, without question. Now Jada Cody's trying to make that a debate, and she's off to a good start. All right, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm going to get ahead of ourselves. Say we win this weekend. Is the, the bracket set in stone? We play the winner of the Oklahoma bracket, and if so, if Oklahoma loses, does that mean we get to host the Super Regional? Wow, you're calling the upset. Wow, there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs. Yeah, so first of all, yes, the winner of this regional plays the Norman Regional. If Minnesota or uh, Texas A&M win the region on shock Oklahoma, first of all, that'd be the biggest upset maybe in regional history. But if that happens, uh, then yes, if UCF wins the regional, they would host the super regional. So uh, yes, if you're a night fan, you're hoping that they win the regional and then you're hoping for an upset. And who knows? Oklahoma's ace, Jordy Ball, is kind of iffy right now for the regional. So maybe it could happen. Maybe Mike foreshadows this. Who knows? But yes, that's the, that's the, pl the form. And then what's ironic is, Let's say UCF plays Oklahoma in the Supers and they win that. Well, 
they're probably going to just stay there because Norman is not that far. It's probably a bus ride to Oklahoma City. So they may not, they might just stay there and go straight to Oklahoma City at that point, which is where the Women's College World Series takes place. But first things first, got to take care of business in this regional, which I think is one of the two toughest regionals in the in the tournament. So I, I'm not going to get my ahead of myself like you, Mike. You got all the way to the, to the World Series. You jumped a, a stage past me. So. <laughs> I'm just giving you geography. I'm just giving you geography here. All right, a little rapid fire here, a trademark uh, of the Sons of UCF at the end of their interviews. If UCF wins, what has happened? If UCF wins, they are regarded as the greatest softball program of all time and probably goes down as one of the great UCF teams, period. You know, obviously football 2017 is at the top, but then we got to get into some conversations after that. You know, I think softball could go way up there. I mean, maybe volleyball, one of those volleyball championship teams jumps to mind, but this softball team, if they win this regional, they're right up there with some of the women's soccer teams with maybe the Michelle Akers teams among the greatest teams ever because they would have accomplished everything that no other UCF softball program has done. So they would definitely be the greatest pro, uh, team in softball program history and be in the conversation among the greatest UCF teams, period. And let me channel a UCF Mike Lyon. He likes to talk about this a lot. Okay, you got there. That's nice. Are you going to win? Has this been a successful season if they don't advance out of this regional? Is that fair, Mike? Is that the way you would uh, phrase that uh... That question. Uh, sure. Maybe not so nice, but yeah. I got, a bone, I got a bone to pick with Mike because he's influenced my weekend, which I'll explain in a bit. But look, if they win, how do they lose the regional? I, I'm not, I, do they lose it in a tight series? I mean, Michigan was my pick to get to the World Series. They got two All American pitchers. This is not an easy regional. This is not a layup. So it, it would be disappointing if they don't win a regional. Obviously, you're home, but I don't think that takes away. I think this team, uh, the impact this pro team will have on the program goes beyond on the field. I really do believe, guys, that as they move to the Big 12, I think this will speed up the chatter and the talk and possibly the execution of renovations for this program. I think everybody's going to leave this weekend thinking, hey, we need to add this and we need to do that. Uh, I think this the program will change forever, and we'll look back on this team that started this. They started this kind of – you know, that's to me the legacy of this team, whether they win or lose the regional. But obviously, if they win the regional, it goes in a different level as far as UCF uh, teams of all time. Maybe a Hall of Fame team type. There's a few UCF teams in the UCF Athletic Hall of Fames. This team would should get consideration if they win the regional. And let me end with this softball here. Set up you coming off of 64 out of 64, making all the selections. Mike mentioned it. Adam mentioned it on their show this week. Are we going to hear from you? Is this all the ESPN family of networks or can people hear all right, so I'll give you the scoop right now. So I will not be on the ESPN family and networks this weekend. ESPN owns the NCAA tournament. They, they pretty much bring in their own broadcasters. So it'll be Tyler Denning and Nicole Mendez who will be on the broadcast. So unfortunately, they will be on the ESPN side. Uh, they'll be in my booth in the ESPN family. The good news is my, my booth. <laughs> it is my booth. <laughs> Nobody else sits in that booth. Is there a little plaque up there that says the Eric Lopez booth? It's nope, my no comment. I will. Uh, I've sat there for 15 years. So I you like removed your microphone and your headphones, and there's Pretty nothing much. left in there. They better bring their own pens. And Pretty much, they they're on their own. Uh, but I will be broadcasting audio wise on UCFnights.com. Kind of a throwback. I used to do this a lot during the first, you know, 13 years, where I would do road games and stuff like that, and uh, tournament games uh, on the UCFnights.com. So we will have a coverage of that uh, on UCFnights.com. I'll post a link. It'll be through Twitch. I will have the audio broadcast of the Villanova game. Now, here's where Mike, Mike kind of uh, kind of ruffled some feathers here. I heard the podcast, mm. and he brought up this idea about me doing the game outside in left field. 
somebody at UCF heard this because <laughs> South Dakota State is bringing radio, which go figure. Michigan's not, but South Dakota State is. So UCF, wanting to be good host, has asked me to let South Dakota State use the booth. I kicked you if, out of your booth? So the, let, the, the visiting booth. <laughs> the second the booth? booth? <laughs> wow. Yes. So if we play South Dakota State at some point in this regional, they will have the booth where I will be outside underneath the booth calling the game. Now, they can't do left field because they've moved the lounge a little further back because they got standing room only. We couldn't make that work. But they're going to let me uh, broadcast outside uh, underneath the press box, and I will be calling the game possibly with Trey sitting next to me uh, with an umbrella. And direct be, sun, 200 so degrees. Be, so, if you hear some, so if you see some, if you hear some snarky comments in the background, that's Trey's. <laughs> So that in itself, you should tune in for that. But because of Mike, I will be now outside on the broadcast if we play South Dakota State. So I've got I the solution. Yeah. I, I, I propose this. I, I wanted a VIP section on top of that building. What's that building that's there along the third base side? How about just set you up with a nice table, just like Malzahn was on the sidelines? <laughs> Have you broadcast on the top of there? Uh, I really don't want to be hit by line drives that could be potentially coming mm. there. Plus, as Trace saw this, they're adding bleacher seats behind the third base dugout. So there's going to be, a ton, what, 200, 300 fans, Trace, you saw there? I mean, Yeah, I was asked there. on Twitter this afternoon what the capacity is. I asked the sports information director, and they're not sure yet. So there's going to be standing room only in the outfield as well. So it will set a record, though, because they're adding all these seats. Yeah, so it's going to, be a sh- it's going to shadow the record. But, yeah, if we play South Dakota State, I will be outside – Probably with an umbrella, so uh, hopefully that doesn't come to that. But there you go. Thanks, Mike. Ilo, you just keep, keep Eric. Going. One, Ilo, one last one for you. Obviously, you you have the most uh, uh, credits I've ever had. I actually almost had to have a second bar on the screen to credit all of the work you do. You're also a crazy Heat fan. I'm sure you're watching the Panthers. When are you sleeping? Right? Are you sleeping at all? You're you're getting all the tournaments correct. You're the bracketologist. When are you actually sleeping? Is that taking place at all? You have no idea how happy I was that the Heat and the Panthers finished off their series in six games because I had the potential of both of those series going seven on Sunday, the same time as the selection show. My head would have exploded. Thankfully, it didn't come to that. The Heat right now are opposite of the regional schedule. However, I I have noticed that the Heat are playing game three on Saturday night. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. we're not playing at the same time. So it's been a little stressful back and forth. Of course, the NHL has put the Panthers-Lightning series at the same time as the Heat. What am I supposed to do there? Better get you cow of the week on some shows. Amen to that. I mean, give me a break. So, yeah, I haven't slept much to answer your question, Adam. It's been uh, a lot of caffeine, two, three in the morning. At least I'm not doing brackets anymore. I'm just preparing notes for the broadcast this weekend. We we know you're watching both games, but which game has the sound on while you're watching? Panthers or Heat? Heat. Heat. Yeah, Heat's Heat. Come on, Mike. Yeah, that's – Adam and I come from the same cloth. Come, come on now. I mean, I mean you know, rough first not, half last night, Elo. Rough first half last night. But Jimmy Buckets Ooh, came to that play. third quarter, though. Yeah. Third quarter. So hopefully it's a nice night tomorrow while I'm prepping and then I'll be on the air Friday. We don't need the schedule to change. I don't need to uh, be going up against the heat too often. But it's a crazy time, but a fun time. I, uh, I'm really much enjoyed it. But no, Eric sir. Lopez, we appreciate you sharing your softball knowledge with us on this week's Sons of UCF Live. I'll see you out at the Plex this weekend. Absolutely. Thank you guys for the support of the softball program. And I appreciate having me on and uh, thanks for everything. And uh, always a pleasure to be on with you guys. All right. Thanks, thank you, well, you mentioned that the weather already impacting things. Uh, baseball uh, last night, rain shortened. They uh, get a 10 to five inning win over Bethune Cookman. They're 31 21 now, 13 and eight in the AC. They are tied for second. 
They've changed the schedule uh, for Thursday. Going to be a doubleheader first game at one. And then after that game, 45 minutes later, they'll start that second game. Still not sure what they're going to do on Friday. Obviously the weather, but probably want to avoid softball. All the attention is going to be over on that side of campus. Uh, Coach Greg Lovelady with the raindrops still falling behind. Uh, talked about the challenge of facing Cincinnati. Let's go out there and compete, play our game, um, pitch and play good defense, and, and just going to need some guys to step up and, you know, whoever it's going to be. It's probably going to be somebody different every game that's going to need to be the guy. And, um, but uh, don't, don't change anything. Go out there and play baseball, have fun. All right, let's bring in Stephen Bronca. You hear him on ESPN Plus uh, coverage of the night. Stephen, the up and down season, but this team potentially here, a second seed going into the conference championship in Clearwater next week. Which is which is crazy to think about, right? With the ups and downs, like you said. I mean, it's been it's been a wild ride, but I mean, Coach Lovelady's got those guys right well enough, right? They're 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 playing well enough. <laughs> well enough, <laughs> right? <laughs> well I mean, enough. That's exactly what it's been, right? It hasn't been something that you're like, oh, this team is, you know, they're they're world beaters or or, but, you know, they they're they're doing well enough to where they're going to put themselves in a good position in the conference tournament to make a run. So um, that's all you could ask at that point. If you're not going to win the regular season or or put up 40 wins, you just got to put yourself in a good position in conference in that tournament to to give yourself a chance to win it. Well, this weekend's going to be interesting. As Trace just mentioned, obviously we're going to do a double header uh, uh, change of plans to weather. How does that impact what you think uh, Coach Lovelady might do strategy-wise now having to do two games in one day? Yeah, I think it's going to benefit them, um, to be honest, because I don't think a team from Cincinnati is going to be used to 90-degree heat playing two games. But boys from Florida, they're going to be used to that. They're going to be ready for that. So I think it's in their advantage. Uh, the only thing that's going to be tough is that pitching depth. But you're just playing to win each game. And so you're just playing to win the first game, and then you move on to the second one with whatever you got. And if you win the first two, I mean, you got yourself a serious win, and that's all they're looking to do. Uh, and so I, I think it's going to favor them just because of that heat. They're not going to be used to coming down from Cincinnati. That heat also – this whole double header change thing. I don't get paid enough to be doing all this. You know what I mean? This, <laughs> they're, 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 there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts here. When they said there's a crew call at 11 o'clock for this thing, I'm like, what are you talking about? 11 o'clock? Like I'm finishing brunch at that point. What are we like? like I'm trying to get a mimosa in at this point. You guys are, you guys are scheduling a game and I mean, it is a Thursday. So no, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. I heard Coach Lovely talk about Connor Stain and his blisters and all the things he's trying to do to get back on the field. I heard him say pickle juice was in there, maybe a, a, a bucket of rice or something. What's the craziest thing you ever did? I know there's some hitters that maybe did some things like Jorge Posada, their stories. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know. Did you ever do anything like about. that? No, I never did anything <laughs> like that because here's the thing is then I got to sit here and talk about it with somebody like you guys. About how, oh, one time I decided – when I was in the shower, I was going to do this because I had blisters on my head. You know, I, I don't know. I guarantee you he's probably tried it at this point because he's trying to do everything he can to get on the field. But uh, I, he does need to pitch this weekend. So here's the thing is, is it's going to be really hard heading into the conference tournament if you have not seen Connor Stain pitch the week before that tournament starts. Uh, that's going to be really, really difficult to to rely on somebody like that, especially in a starter role like you're going to want to use him in. If it was a back-end guy, closer, reliever, you know, it's a little bit different. A guy that you're trying to get five, six, seven innings out of, you got to see him pitch and, and pitch without issue this weekend, in my opinion.
What surprises you more from a statistical standpoint, that the Knights are batting 282 and that's second in the American, or they lead the league in ERA at 3.97? Oh, boy. Um, both of those are shocking, to be honest. Right? They're strange statistics, uh, right? It, it's very it's very strange. Uh, if you told me that they were going to hit 280, I'd say you're probably about right. If, I, if you told me they were going to pitch as well as they pitched, statistically, I would say you're crazy. Um and you know what? They've—it's just that roller coaster. They've been—they've been good more times than they've been bad, right? And and the, the record shows that. The stats show that. Uh, and they've had guys that have stepped up in huge situations. Ben Vespi has stepped up and become somewhat of a Friday night guy for them, and uh, that—that's been huge. Then you have guys like like Ben McCabe, who was literally one of the worst hitters you've ever seen the first couple of weeks of the year. He's DHing. They move him to first base. He's not in his head so much. Next thing you know, the guy's crushing the baseball. Uh, so, so things have, it, it's been a wild ride for them, a roller coaster ride. And, uh, you know, just, they just got to hope that they're on the, uh, the upswing. Uh, they're, they're reaching the peak of that roller coaster when, when conference tournament rolls in. Steven, some encouraging innings from David Litchfield against Houston. Yeah. What did you see uh, uh, from him? And, and what do you think he needs to do as, as this season progresses on, particularly into the tournament? Yeah, so he's a sinker slider guy. You're going to get pitches that go both directions from him. And with, with a guy like, like him who has a sinker, you want to see depth in that pitch, right? You want that dive. And he wasn't getting that. It was uh, His fastball was flattening out. It was getting up in the zone. And when it's up in the zone and it's flat, it's easy to hit. That's batting practice. And so he doesn't throw 95, 96. So 90 miles an hour up in the zone is, is very hittable. But 90 miles an hour, that's got some depth to it, got some really good movement to it, arm side run and some sink is, is, is really tough to hit. And so he got back into that. He's down in the zone. He's got good action on his fastball again. And, and that's what his bread and butter is. And that's what we saw from him when he was successful. He had a lot of movement on his fastball, and it was down in the zone. He was working down at the knees and getting a lot of swing and miss. Uh, and when he went bad, it was up in the zone, and it really, really flattened out. Unless there's an upset in the conference tournament next week and East Carolina doesn't get in or doesn't win, we're only going to get one team in this tournament. Is this the worst the, a the Americans been in a while? or What can we expect when we move to the Big 12? How much bigger of a jump is that going to be? It's going to be a huge jump. I mean, that's, that's a huge, huge jump. I mean, you're looking at teams that are uh, – a couple of those teams have been some of the best teams in the country within the last decade. And so uh, not, not the same has been able to be said about the, the American. And so um, – you know, I, I don't I, – I really don't expect uh, ECU to win it. Uh, I saw what they did last year when they were out there. I'm not sure if they – they just didn't – they didn't play well as a tournament team. You know, we got to face them a couple of times and really should have beat them um, multiple times out there. And, and, and so I, I, I'm not really sure what you're going to see out of a team like that. But in regards to what we've seen in this conference, uh, it's just been really middle of the pack. And, and I think that's a lot of college baseball right now. You're seeing some teams in, in different situations and whatnot. There's some fluctuation, but uh, I, it's, it's been a tough year for the American and, and one team is going to come out of this. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we'll, we'll see who, who it is. And um, it just depends on who's hot. Well, if you're able, let's see if we can get together after the regular season ends before the conference tournament. Talk about the night's chances going into Clearwater, maybe a little special that we'll release on the Suns YouTube channel. Stephen Bronca, we appreciate you joining us on the Suns of UCF Live. Good luck with that doubleheader tomorrow uh, and the mimosas that will be flowing in the, 
in the uh, press. Yeah, conference. I'll tell you what. I, I won't be doing mimosas, but I, I I might be wearing shorts for the first time in the broadcast booth because it's going to be a steamy day out there. So <laughs> I got to sit there for two two games next to Mark. I mean, that's you know not not anything against Mark. I mean, but anybody smells after <laughs> yeah. sitting there in ninety five degrees. Chop that soundbite up right there. <laughs> That's the soundbite. <laughs> you should see the text message between Mark and I. We got a text today about, hey, is everybody going to be good showing up? And he's like, the only issue I got is with Steven. And I said, yeah, I hate Mark, but, you know, we'll be good. And, you know, we got a great relationship. So I, trust me, he, you can cut that up any way you want. And we'll still give each other daps <laughs> and hugs after this. So. Gotcha. All right. You Steven. have that son's Yeti. I mean, you can fill that up with a nice Bloody Mary. Nobody will know. Don't tell nobody, all right? <laughs> Mike, always with the good ideas. Yeah. Stephen, thanks a lot. We'll see you out of the ballpark. Thank you. All right, going around the kingdom. Congrats, track and field, indoor and outdoor champions. Uh, coach and her staff have done a tremendous job. That is quite an accomplishment for them. Men's golf, they finished ninth in the NCAA regional at New Haven. Uh, just the top five advanced, so UCF will not be doing that. UCF student-athletes, huge, 29 consecutive semesters. Department grade point average 3.0 or better, 3.38 GPA this semester. You know, Mike, that is the most important thing here, their academics. Uh, and let's end with this. I jiggered this because we, we knew we were going to miss you off the top of the show. And I want you to help me understand the following sentence. Crypto, UCF Athletics announces a new cryptocurrency partnership program for the coming season. Opportunity for a brand new crypto token for each of the night's seven home games at the Bounce House. The first one, Pawtical, ecosystem of blockchain-powered solutions that make a positive impact on the lives of pets and pet owners all over the world, will serve as the first crypto partner. Now, what does all that mean? Break that down for us, Mike. <laughs> you know, I went out to dinner last year around, I guess it was around this time, when Bitcoin was as its high as it's ever been, about $64,000. And... The people I was with, I'm not going to say who they were, convinced my wife we had to get in on it. And she was dying to get in on it that next day. Thank God I talked her out of it. And um, we would have lost all our money by now. I, I don't know. I think it's all a big pyramid scheme, but who knows? Wow. One day it could be the money of the future. I can tell you this, Trace. I looked it up. Right now, Podicle, uh is trading at uh, uh, two cents. Uh, their 90-day high was eight cents. And there's a lot of optimism that there's room here. There's room to, to grow. grow. So to get in on Podicle early, oh. uh, Mike, I don't know. Let, let the missus know there's a there's a, a lucrative investment opportunity at her fingertips. <laughs> I'll buy her a couple of Shiba Inus. I think those are really cheap. <laughs> those are like 0.000001 cents. What's a crypto token? It's just a tchotchke? It's just a just something? I mean, that's not worth anything either? I don't know. Good for I, UCF. I know crypto marijuana but the whole thing, that'd be an interesting, some sort of uh, marijuana-related company sponsoring the uh, the Bounce House. Uh, Timo has said that a stadium name is coming soon, maybe at one of his upcoming tour stops. Uh, he'll, he'll make an announcement. All right, well, thanks for clarifying that, Mike, that you convinced your wife not to buy into that. And, uh, don't tell her about it. I wouldn't be in this house right now, bro. <laughs> crypto opportunity. Uh, let's uh, fire up the mailbag. No walk and talks uh, this week, so just some regular questions. What's the music this week? Say music? Same music. At UCF Realist, uh, Mike, you missed our talk about linebacker U that UCF is not at the moment. Why can't we keep linebackers on the roster, UCF Realist is asking. I mean, if I had the answer to that, I'd have the answer to the crypto question too. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. And, and, but at least every time we lose one, we seem to be replacing the, with somebody else. We still don't know the story on Terrence Lewis and how that's going to all shake out. So, um, 
stay tuned for the next all summer and we'll keep you updated on it. Uh, UCF Realist also asking about Alex Freeland. I asked Coach Lovelady that following the Bethune-Cookman game. He's hopeful that he'll see him by time of conference tournament. 50-50 on whether he'll see, we'll see him uh, against Cincinnati. And Connor Stain, we talked a little bit about it with Steve and the blister issue. You got to get him some work uh, against Cincinnati if he's going to be effective in Clearwater. So those are the other questions there. At Nightfan94, <laughs> I like this one. How many lights have been hit at games Traces didn't attend? Uh, noticing a trend, or is this like the tree falling in the woods? If Trace isn't there to report it, did it even happen? I'm, I'm looking at my laptop. I'm not watching every foul ball. And it clanged off the lights again. That's three times this year. What I'm not sure of is whether it hit a new light or just rattled out some more glass of a bulb they hadn't replaced yet. So at least uh, three times. Uh, I'm not aware of any others this year. At Nightfan94, uh, I'm sorry, two letters, two words. Robert, uh, if you, this is tough. I hate these questions. If you had to choose only one, would you choose to invest? Oh, not this one. The other one is the one I don't like. Would you choose to invest in, in facilities, infrastructure for UCF baseball or softball? Baseball or softball? I mean, right now, softball's got the more uh, consistent program, right? I mean, they've they've been more consistent in terms of uh, of their record and their play. So, I mean, I would I dump my my cryptocurrency money on the winning side. I'll go softball right now. No, I, we just talked to Eric Lopez. He would tell you that softball gets better ratings than baseball and, and has for a long time. So, I think that might be where the money is. Put the money towards softball and let's see how far this program can go. The, it, they're already better than the baseball team right now, so why not? It's an interesting question, though, if you invest in facilities and you grow capacity, you attract more fans, then perhaps it's a, a greater revenue generator. I don't know whether that means it surpasses baseball, but if you want to see whether it can, invest in it more. So having been out there, the way it's uh, positioned, you look into the surface of the sun, it is going to be hot unless the rain disrupts things. And, you know, it's interesting, not only the talk about Cincinnati with Stephen, but also this tournament with uh, Elo. 96 degrees in Orlando area may help the Knights. So actually, uh, let it let it be steamy and hot. This is the question that I'm not fond of. At all night with all the L's in honor of softball hosting a regional, would you rather softball win a national championship once but never make the uh, post-regional stage again or make postseason play every year, never win the whole thing? hate that question. Give me the, give me the chip, print, print the shirts. Give, give me the one shirt I'll wear it forever. I'll take the chip. Yeah, definitely. I think it's an easy question. I mean, just give me to win the whole thing, I mean, or to get there every year and not win it—that's like torture. Just give me the whole thing. Of course, you from a couple of weeks ago saying that uh, as long as UCF beat the cows in football, you'd lose to them in every other sport. You're pretty happy about run ruling the cows in softball the other day, though. So see. Yeah. You don't want to get shut out by them all the time. Uh, Sublime underscore night. Will we ever get back to college football parody, the glory days, or as Nick Saban remembers them, or has NIL ruined the level playing field forever? So I think it's unfair to say it's just NIL, right? I think there's so many other factors that come into this, the one-time transfer rule. Uh, you know, I think that's a big part of it as well. I, I don't know if we ever get parity. I mean, we haven't really seen a whole bunch of it yet. And more so just because, too, I don't know that the insiders want the outsiders involved, right? I think parity comes when there's a level playing field and there's some consistency there. It seems like the four or five, six teams are all vetted in by the same governing body. If that doesn't change, I don't I don't know you get any parity. So I don't know the NIL is the only reason, but uh, I think it's precious that Nick Saban is looking for some more parity. I think that's awesome. Yeah, there's never been parity in college football. It's been the, the rich get richer, and then the other one's got to try to keep up. 
Um, I don't know what Nick Saban's complaining about. He's, his boosters are going to give more money than anybody, so he's in a good spot. Uh, we will end the mailbag section from Hugh C.F., uh, who says, some fans compare decommits and outgoing transfers to people switching employers. Others see it more of a breakup divorce. How the Suns view players leaving UCF other schools, which, by the way, Mike, you missed off the top when we were talking about linebacker U here. Uh, UAB transfer Chris Mall uh, decommits. Uh, his promise to UCF goes to Washington. I think it's an interesting question because this week on your show, you had Bo Schneider. So is Bo once a night, always a night? Uh, where are we at on that? You guys seemed, I don't know. You, you treat the guys nice, it's good conversation, but are they former Knights or are they not? Are they done? You're done with them? You invite them back, you're all happy to talk to them. Which is Bo is once a Knight, once a Panther, and once an Aggie. So <laughs> he's once all of those things. So, I mean, come on. The guys that stay here for one year, no, they're not always a Knight. They were, they were once a Knight, and that was it. They were there one time. Uh, but, I mean, we're still going to have a chance to talk to him, and plus, he's probably the only guy that returned our phone call. So we <laughs> Not probably on that one. Uh, so he's yeah, once a questions. night. He's once yeah. a night. But we withhold from Bo Schneider the disclaimer, always a night. Um, I mean, he claims to still be a UCF supporter, so I'll give him that. I don't know if he's always but a night. He, he, he played under five coaches, and as I was listening to it, I thought he left out Danny Barrett uh, as interim head coach when George O'Leary was I think he left out a lot of things from that season. <laughs> like, yeah, I it them. was brutal. It was brutal, by the way. Uh, yeah. It was like yeah. it was like torture. It's like, all right, so take us through game four when the team and lost. You, and then and you fumbled like, oh. twice. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> and he that's even said one. at one point, I guess we're going through every game, and I'm going to say <laughs> the same thing. It was a season I'd rather forget. And I'm like, yeah. oh, they're going through every one of these terrible games. Yeah, so the, the the answer to that question is also the answer to the question from UCF. And I think it depends on how you leave the program, whether or not it's a divorce, breakup situation, or an employer moving on, right? I think the way you carry yourself, the way you sort of leave, I think that matters. Just like in a relationship, think about work right now. If Timmy from accounting leaves, you're like, oh, Timmy left, who knew, right? But if the person sits next to you at work leaves, that that feels differently to you because there's a connection point there. So I think that that impacts. I give Bo a pass, though. I think Bo came to UCF with the best intentions, wanted to play, got thrown into a crappy situation, ends up you know, doing the best he can, which obviously we all know wasn't really good enough, frankly, from an entire team perspective, and at that point has to make a tough decision. And I, I think the funny thing about it is it impacted him the rest of his career. He never threw another pass in college. I mean, he literally did not throw another pass in college football after that. And you wonder how much that impacted his career. So I give the bow uh, once a night, always a night sort of pass because I don't think that's how he wanted that to end up. Now, maybe some other quarterbacks who just left us recently, that's where you go, hey, you made this decision. You figure this one out. I think Bo had a lot of cards dealt his way. And frankly, for an 18, 19-year-old kid to deal with him the way he did, I, I give the kid a lot of credit because he, he came on to talk to us about it, stand-up guy, um, wasn't the way it should have gone down, but – once a night, always a night, Bo Schneider. I'm with you. You know, when Eli Manning retired, he was, he didn't want to go play for anybody else. He said, once a giant, always a giant, only a giant. And that's maybe we're going to have to add that on to this phrase for some people. How, how do you um, describe Jalen Robinson? He just took off. What, what are your feelings towards him, Trey? Is he once a night, always a night? I, I I am pretty good with once a night, always a night. I'm I'm fine with that. I, I don't. But we need I, to add only a night for some. Well, I think uh, we have to add uh, for Chris Mall never a night. <laughs> <laughs> so there's never a night. That's there's good. once yeah. a night. Once a night, always a night. What's the new one? Once a night, always a night, forever a night. Only. 
all only night. night. So we've expanded yeah. this. Uh, I need a yeah, pinky I... on campus. No pinky, no night. <laughs> so I don't have quite the animosity. I do think of it as they've got to make. I mean, I think Bo Schneider is a good example of that. Uh, coach changes, uh, system changes. He's not a good fit for that system. Should he be stuck in that system? He certainly didn't transfer out of UCF hoping to never play again and never throw a meaningful pass. So he was trying to find the right fit for him. So I just think of it as, as, as that. Yeah. He didn't look like he was going to get playing time the next year. He, it was a whole new system coming in. didn't fit him. So I, he made the right decision for himself. I don't think he had any bad uh, feelings towards UCF. So we got a minute or two, Mike, back to cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any. I don't know what to tell you. I, I wish I did. With 10 Why years don't ago. you buy your wife some of this? What is it called again? Particle, particle. <laughs> okay. Yes. Sure. I'll get, I'll go throw up a couple bucks. It's something she's interested in. It won't. It cost you two cents. You throw one of those tokens, a ribbon on the package. She'll be very happy you bought her some crypto. Gosh, Could be worth something. Twenty years from now, maybe. Right now it's worth two cents. So buy, buy a lot of it. Just uh, just so you can be ready. <laughs> It wasn't All right, guys, I appreciate you joining us uh, this Wednesday to accommodate some changes in schedule. Uh, it's over. I just got here. Yeah, I know. We can continue on. Something uh, on your mind, Mike? I mean, floor's yours. What do you got? <laughs> no, I'm done. Do you... <laughs> I haven't had dinner yet. So, <laughs> so wrap it up. Wrap it up. Uh, we're hoping we'll be able to speak with Stephen Branca uh, after the bracket is all set in Clearwater and preview the American Championship in baseball next week. We wish softball a very good weekend and advancing out of that regional at UCF and hope we have more to talk about with them next week. And I hope I'll be able to get over to Clearwater at some point to, to catch baseball in person. So uh, we, uh, we're not quite sure what the show will look like a week from now, but we do hope you will be with us and be sure to listen to the pod. Two Nights Media, all that good stuff. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Win a chance uh, to, to get that Yeti Tumblr. I know people are annoyed. They want us to give it away, but we said 450 people, right, Adam? Are we getting closer at least? I, I said 425. I don't even remember anymore. <clears throat> Was it 425 for Mike to get the tattoo? Is that what we, no, we agreed on that off the top of the show. Mike, you missed that. I already got the tattoo. You guys want to see it? No. <laughs> oh, well, show's over. Well, hello. Hey. Oh, hey. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, the audio only listeners are really missing a show. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, everyone, thanks, Mr. Woodall. We wish Cable all the best this weekend. Elo, Stephen, uh, good luck out there at the ballparks this weekend for both of you. For Adam and Mike, I'm Trace Trollco. Go Knights. Charge on. Charge on. You want to both games tomorrow, Trace? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.